This episode of Bushers Breakaway is brought to you by you! <laughs> Again, it's you! And of course, the first overall pick, Alexi Lafreniere. All right, big show this week. Got Drew Way doing a full mock draft, and we talk about everything else like we always do. Thanks so much for tuning in, and let's get to the show. Here's Mark Messier. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Bush Breakaway fans, welcome to the week of the Bush Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my co-host, also also of the Athletic. I didn't say where I was from. I'm from the Athletic. Gregory is also from the Athletic. Gregory, say hello. The week has come. Yeah, I'm just I'm going out in my car. I'm driving by people. I'm waving to them, and I'm going right back into my house. That's that's what I do now, Ryan. That's uh, that's how you celebrated this uh, overall first overall pick this week. Just walk out of the house, just a little wave to the neighbors, right back in. I will say that so there have been a couple socially distant like block meetings because we live in this little community. Right. Uh, we live in and a for society. some reason, for some reason, these meetings happen in order to keep them socially distant. I get it. So they've been happening outside, but they've been happening in like random plots in the community. There was one day uh, just finished up work, walking out of my garage to go walk to my car. So I opened the garage door, holding my grocery bags. Next thing I know, there are literally, literally, no exaggeration, 25 people sitting in lawn chairs, scattered across the mouth of my garage door back to my car. <laughs> Got it. I just, I walked, I, I like, I opened the door. I was like, uh, sorry to interrupt everybody. I need to leave. So, uh, I mean, we are officially, and I didn't announce, I didn't let you know, but we are officially a super spreader podcast. We spread joy. That's what we do. For New York Ranger fans, oh. super spreaders. Not all joy. Oh, also, speaking of joy, uh-huh. uh, the exact opposite. Oh, wow. <laughs> what a turn. If we're, if we're, if we're a super sp- <laughs> if we're a super spreader podcast, what we also are is a fuck Duke football podcast. How do, wait, hold on. Okay, hold on. What? I don't even. Okay. I, I've been, I do this, this thing now where I disconnect for like the weekend. I like don't really Smart look man. at my phone. It's like a big Smart thing man. I do. It's awesome. Um, I know we've been a horse racing podcast. We've talked about we, uh-huh. we are primarily a Mets podcast, secondly really yep. a Rangers podcast. Um, why are mm-hmm. why do we hate Duke football now? I had a three team college football Never parlay. Mind. Let's move on. <laughs> no, 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 no. This this needs to be said and shared. All right, quick. I had a three team college football parlay. Okay. First part of it covered early in the day. Uh, I thought I they did something like Cincinnati. actually bad. They did something actually bad. Well, it cost uh, me money. Not, what uh, is worse than that? Oh. So many things. I, I I do appreciate you assuming that a Duke athletic program did something actually bad considering their history. Right. So props to you for that. Uh, all you need to know, long story short, I had Virginia Tech minus seven and a half. Less than 10 seconds left in this game. Duke wow. driving the field down 10. For some reason, Ryan, with four seconds left in the game, Kick a field goal. Duke kicked a 40-yard field there goal <laughs> to lose by seven instead of 10. Fun times. It felt like a, it felt like a personal attack. Speaking of personal attacks, the Raiders have the number one. Oh. I don't know how we're doing that. That was a bad transition. But the Raiders have number one overall pick this week, uh, as you may have heard, and they're projected to pick a one Lafreniere. Here's the thing, and I guess we'll get right into this, right? If you think they're picking somebody else, I don't know what you're thinking. I have, yes, I do have the Byfield FOMO. I do think there is like a chance Byfield down the road is like maybe a better player. 
And maybe maybe that's because he plays center, et cetera, or that's because he's younger and he could develop into a, like what quote unquote uh, he has a higher ceiling than Lafreniere. But if you're out there right now and say thinking, "Wow, the Rangers might mess this up and not pick Lafreniere," you're crazy and you're kidding yourself. I know we you might listen to this after the draft, but it's happening. It, this is all but set in stone at this point. I don't even think we need to do some sort of deep analysis and why they're not going to pick Lafreniere. They are. That's it. That's that's the whole thing. Only one person, Cam Robinson, has. La, uh, Lafreniere not number one. That's it. Out of all scouts, the only one person. So Lafreniere yeah, that, will be going. That is. That's what we call a contrarian opinion. You're just trying to be cute, and it doesn't work. Uh, yeah. If you think if you think the Rangers are going in a different direction with the number one overall pick, you probably also think the moon landing was staged. I do have FOMO for sure. I think if the Rangers had number two overall pick, I'd be just as happy, if not even happier than I am right now, but Lafreniere's the pick, man. He's going to be a New York Ranger. It's going to be awesome. And uh, I don't really think there's any more analysis to be had. I, I am kind of sick of hearing this narrative of like, hey, Lafreniere, amazing prospect, has done all these things that no one else has done since Crosby and McDavid. Awesome guy. Great. Has all the talents, but not generational. Like, I get it. I get it. How many times can you tell me he's not going to be like this generational player? A, mil- a million times. We don't know. But There's still a chance. Well- no, no, there isn't a chance because we overuse the term generational. Generational means once in a generation. Yeah, it's six so that's guys. Connor McDavid. There can only be one. Like you can't have if there were two generational players, then it's not generational. Well, I, I would say Crosby generational and McDavid are generational, and you can make a case for Ovi. That's it. I you you can't if you say Crosby, then Ovi's out. There can only be one generational. This is Connor McDavid's generation right now. Everything coming up right now is Connor McDavid's generation. So I don't want to hear anyone saying that Lafreniere isn't generational. No one's generational except Connor McDavid. Because the the entirety of the term generational implies one. That's it. We just we over we overuse that term. We say every year there's a new generational talent coming up in this draft. Or we give it to players like John Tavares. Or we give it to players, God love them, but we give it to guys like Artemi Panarin. No, 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 guys. There's one. You get to decide who your one generational talent is, and then you wait 20 years. And then you find another generational talent. That that's 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 it. LeBron is generational. Doesn't matter how good Kevin Durant is, he can't be LeBron. Therefore, LeBron is generational. Mike Trout is generational. Yep. Doesn't matter how anyone else is good in baseball. It's Mike Trout's game. Until he retires, he's the guy. There can only be one guy. I just I I I it it makes my skin crawl when we use words like elite and generational all the time. Elite there can only is be one years. generational. Elite doesn't mean anything. It literally means nothing. Elite means really, really good. But the way it's used is just like, it's irresponsible, quite honestly. So, yeah, I'll sit here and say to your face, Alexi Lafreniere is not a generational talent because I don't believe he's going to be better than Connor McDavid because I don't think anyone's going to be better than Connor McDavid. That's the whole point of being generational. Right, but is he really, 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 really good? Yeah, he's the best player. He's the best player in this draft. And if he was in last year's draft class, he'd be the best player in last year's draft. And if class. he was, and if he was in the class before that, he'd also be the best player in that draft class. So there you go. Yeah, I think I, I think we'll we'll talk to Drew later. I think Drew might make an argument for Rasmus Dahlin possibly being ahead of him, but Lafreniere is the shit. I, I don't know what anyone else wants to hear at this point. Yeah, I just can't wait to see him put on a jersey and then actually play some games. Which who knows when that will be in the near future. Uh, for, well, as for the 22nd overall pick, everything's up in the air. I see that. Have you noticed, and maybe this is just me, like something, sometimes things get said on the podcast and then they just like get taken into the Rangers world out there. 
And like so Vince, our our tribal, we'll get to that later, I'm sure. Um had Mavic Bork as like his twenty second overall. And I had never heard of Mavic Bork until Drew Way existed, you know what I mean, on our podcast. And I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. we say some things, like, you know, use the offer sheet Barzal. Like somehow I feel like we saw I I'm I'm taking credit here. Yes, I'm bragging. I guess I'm saying we have a lot of power, but I do feel like we start narratives on this show. And like I don't think Bork would have been a like a popular twenty second overall pick without Drew? Is that weird? I don't think it's weird. Um I think it's the same reason why people continue to put uh, Jan Mysak in places because yep. Drew was super early on that bandwagon. I don't think – I will say I don't think we can give cre- Drew credit for the Anton Lundell. No, no, love. no, we cannot. I think that was uh, everybody a super spreader event in its own right. Yep. But, yeah. Big super spreader podcast. All credit where credit's due. Drew's a smart guy. That's why – not only is Drew our friend, but we started to pick Drew's brain because we just – He's a super smart guy. Yeah. So when a super smart guy says this is a player a team should be looking at, Drew doesn't bat a thousand. He'll be the first one to tell you that. But he's also oh no prospect more guy right bats than a thousand wrong. man nobody. Yeah. Absolutely. So I I think I I I think Drew who has a popular following and for some reason we have a popular hey. following. So when you start hearing a name like that floated around, you know it's one of those like it's uh it's the game of telephone. Everybody knows how it ends. You just forget where it begins sometimes. So I guess we'll talk about the, the trades are obviously all there's so many hypotheticals that could be happening. Something could happen tonight as we're recording. Who knows at this point? But that 22nd overall pick is open for business. We That's all we've heard over and over again. Um, then it comes to the contracts with the New York Rangers this week. They they extended a qualifying offer, I believe, to it was, was it Bren Lemieux, Tony D'Angelo, and one more. I don't know. I'm what was that? Oh, yeah. yeah, makes sense. Yes, yes. And then uh, they're still trying to figure out what to do with, what, with Ryan Strom at this point. They're either going to sign him or trade him in the next uh, 48 hours as of, as of this recording. Eh, less than that, 44 hours. So we'll see. I don't, th- I don't think. I, I don't think it'll be sign him or trade him. I think the range. I think I from where we sit, I think the Rangers would be more comfortable trading him before they have to extend him a qualifying offer. But I think if it comes to it. I just I have a really hard time believing the New York Rangers are going to essentially non-tender Ryan Strom. That doesn't I think the it's encouraging to see that the Rangers are thinking long term here. They understand that Strom is not their guy for the next X amount of years. They don't even know if Strom's going to be their guy for the next 6 months, but I think they understand the value of Ryan Strom in terms of even if he signs a one-year deal in around the four and a half to five million dollar range that you can move that contract even in this crazy covid world we live in with flat caps and all that stuff i brooks mentioned it i have a super hard time believing that the rangers would cut bait with ryan strome i don't think they're gonna cut bait at all like no because we we know enough about jeff gorton in this front office to know that this isn't a new thought that they've had they've been they've must have been thinking about this for quite some time so if they knew that there was a chance that they would straight up non-tender Ryan Strom, they would have traded him at the deadline because he absolutely had a trade market back in February. He was on a career-high point pace. He was on a $3.1 million contract. You could have moved that guy for a couple picks if you wanted to back in February. So I don't, I don't believe for a second that there's this 48-hour decision looming over Ryan Strom's head. I think the Rangers obviously would rather get business done sooner rather than later, but they'll they'll qualify him if they have to. 
I just, I think that article, we should all, the thing we should all take away from that is the clock is ticking on Ryan Strom in a way that seems more urgent than it's ever seen before. Yeah, it does. And uh, I'm about to do some really bad analysis as I'm saying that, like, I have good analysis, question mark, but the team really likes Ryan Strom. Like, he, they see him as, like, a leader in the locker room, et cetera. So I, I, I do believe they want to keep him on this team at least for another year. Like, they don't have the center solutions on the squad. We've talked about it a million times. Is Heedle a 2C? I don't know. Why do they put him on wing during the playoffs? Like, they, I want Heedle to be a 2C. I believe he could be a 2C. But if they don't have Ryan Strom, who the hell is playing that position? Maybe someone you trade for. Maybe someone you draft. Maybe someone you sign. But uh, I think they'll offer a qualify, or rather, I think they'll try and get a deal done to actually sign Reinstrom. Because I don't want to, I don't want to sign him to a one-year deal. Isn't that like something kind of counterproductive at this point? Because then you're kind of doing the Yandel trick, where you like have a guy on one year, and then you're if you're competing for a playoff spot, you don't want to trade him, and then you might lose him for something later on. Like I think you try and try and sign Reinstrom to a two-year deal at this point if you can. No, I don't think the Rangers will ever do that. I think I think that article from Brooks made it clear that. It's more likely than not that Ryan Strom will not be a New York Ranger on opening night whenever opening night is. Mm -hmm. But if Ryan Strom is a New York Ranger on opening night, he's only a Ranger until the trade deadline. That That's the essential takeaway I'm taking. The Rangers, it, that article makes it seem like the Rangers have come to the conclusion. And quite honestly, I think a correct conclusion, I don't think I'm the only one in thinking that, that Ryan Strom is not a long-term answer on this New York Ranger team. And if he's not a long-term answer on this New York Ranger team, you're not going to pay your third line center north of four and a half, five million dollars a year. So if he's not the guy, you have to move away from him now. Whether that means you're going to not be able to maximize his trade value, totally possible. I will say the Rangers aren't going to let him get to unrestricted free agency next year, but I also don't think they want to live with Ryan Strom for two years. Doesn't I it, think they've seen the sorry, go on. They've, yeah, I'm just gonna they've seen the ceiling. They I think they think last year is the best it's going to get with Ryan Strom and quite honestly it wasn't good enough so the rain instead of the Rangers trying to be content with what they have they're looking to improve and sometimes that requires a hard decision and it seems like they're making one with uh, Ryan Strom it's, right now to me it seems and I guess it's because we've been doing this for so long Greg that like I kind of feel like I know the beats for the New York Rangers and to me maybe the old regime no, it's the same regime, but the old sort of, sort of style of thinking would be to sign Ryan Strom for two years. But I agree with you that this is probably the correct move. But that my gut says that that they wanted to sign him for two years. But when that article comes out and says, "Hey, we're going to just have him for one year, qualify him offer, and then we'll trade him at the deadline," like yeah, that's the right move. They're thinking long term here. They're thinking Stanley Cup. But I'm just not used to Rangers making those kind of moves. Like that's not something that I'm used to this front office doing at all. Is that make sense? Well, I think the front office has also learned a valuable lesson the last time they had two guys in the last year of restricted free agency and they tried to give them two-year deals. Safe to say Ryan Spooner and Vlad Nemesikov didn't work out the way the Rangers thought it would. Mm, that's really I understand that Ryan Spooner essentially – I understand that Spooner essentially turned into Ryan Strom, but the Rangers ate money on that deal, and then another team ended up buying out Ryan, Ryan Spooner, and the Rangers are continuing to eat money on that deal because of it. Right. I don't think the Rangers want to be in a position where – they give someone like Ryan Strom, who they feel a certain way about. They don't dislike his game, but they understand that his game, for lack of a better term, is limited, especially where this team is trying to go in the next couple of years. I don't think the Rangers want to be in a situation where they have to make another hard decision at the end of next year. I think they'd rather the hard decision come now, when they have one year of control left with this guy, and it, they're operating in a market where 
some teams might actually feel more inclined to trade for a guy who only has one year of control left because the salary cap is so wonky. No one knows when it's going to stop being 81.5. We think it's this year and next year. Could be more than that. Could be. So I, I think I think we're in a unique position here with the New York Rangers where there might be other teams that see the value in a guy being on a one-year deal, essentially. And while the Rangers, again, I, I think the Rangers will be content with starting next season with Ryan Strom on the roster. I also think the Rangers understand that they need to start looking for improvements. And one of those needs to be giving Philip Heedle a little bit more rope to figure out what he can do. Yep. So, so well, he are can the pump his trade value for Jack Eichel. Exactly, Greg. Great job. <laughs> yes, exactly. But yeah, it's like, if the Rangers don't have Ryan Strom, will they absolutely go out and acquire a center? Probably, but it might not be a 2C. I think the Rangers want to use this next season, how ridiculous it's going to be, as their last and final learning year. And that requires giving Philip Heedle enough time to run in the second line to figure out if that's something he can do. And if they if he can't do it, the Rangers are going to be even more aggressive next year when their cap space opens up even wider than it is now. So I just, to me, personally, how I would operate, Ryan Strom feels like a roadblock that you don't necessarily need on your team. And it's it's a little odd, personally, that the New York Rangers kind of see it the same way. Hmm. But I even saying all that, I still have a really hard time believing that they're just going to cut Ryan Strom loose. That doesn't sound like something Jeff Gordon would do. No, and that's and that's something that neither you or I would ever, 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 ever approve of, as we are value town monsters. And super right, like really. there, there are players you non-tender, but Ryan Strom is not one of those guys, regardless of how critical we have been of his game and how we may have joked from time to time about how, not even joke, just point out that he comes off as a little bit of a passenger getting to play with Artemi Panarin. He still put up 50-plus points. He still had a positive offensive influence on the Rangers all season long. All, all warts aside, the Rangers are probably worse off without a clear replacement for Ryan Strom. But part of the plan is to figure out if they are worse off because there's a big Filipino question that needs to be answered. So without life without Ryan Strom allows you to at least answer that question. We might not like the answer at the end of the day, but you need to figure that answer out if you want this team to move forward. All right, Greg. Before we get to Drew, let's talk about the biggest buyout of the week. Jack Johnson. Wow. Unbelievable. Oh, God. I really – I know the Rangers need a left-handed defenseman no. or just a defenseman <laughs> depth in general. If they sign Jack Johnson, I'm going to have a hard time. Absolutely. Same. Um, let's actually talk about Henrik Lundqvist one more time. I'm sure we'll mention him again. Uh, you and I are both set on the Capitals at this point, right? We're both we, – we felt that way as we recorded last week in our OT. But now I'm even stronger than I've been before. Yeah, there's so many reasons to think it's going to be Washington. I've come to terms with the Hurricanes as the number two because they're another team that has a very clear playoff caliber core in terms of forwards and defensemen. But goaltending has always been a long-term question for them. And while they are, I think they're confident in the prospects they have, they're not confident that those prospects are ready. So you need a guy that can carry the load for at least one year. And any team that is in playoff contention that needs a one-year stopgap goalie is going to make me feel like that's a destination for Henrik Lundqvist. And those are the clear two in my mind. As much as I would hate to play Henrik Lundqvist on the Capitals, it would be really fun to have Ovechkin and Henrik in the same locker room for a year. 
it would be fun because Henrik has stopped a lot of Ovechkin's greatness over the years. Like, I think he stopped him like was it three times in the playoffs? Might be two, but it's definitely at least uh, at least two at this point. So uh, I'm sure there would be a lot of antics and a lot of things happening in that locker room. I would love if Henrik stayed out of the Metro, but at this point, I'm kind of resigned to think he's going to be a capital, and it hurts. Hurts just saying that I, my mouth is is filling with saliva out of sadness. Uh, that's how sadness works, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. It it stinks. It's not going to be fun. It's going to be weird seeing him in that uniform. It's going to be even more weird, kind of rooting for the Capitals when the Rangers aren't playing them. Even kind of, sort of, probably rooting for the Capitals if the Rangers are playing them. Like I got to tell you, I don't have high expectations for the New York Rangers next year. Mm-hmm. So I'm not expecting them to – I'm barely expecting them to make the playoffs. I'm definitely not expecting them to do any kind of damage in the playoffs. So I just want Hank to get his cup. If that means rooting for the Capitals, I'm going to root for the Capitals. I don't care. If they're not playing uh, – I do care. And if they're not playing the Capitals, I will be rooting for the Caps if that's the case. I've never hated the Caps. We've talked about this for five years now. I've never considered them a rival. I've never considered them like someone to be feared because we've always kicked their ass in the playoffs. I genuinely like, I think Ovechkin's Bender is one of the best sports celebrations of all time. So they don't really bother me as much as other Metro teams do. They can't, they, if you had to pick two Metro teams for Hank to go to, the, I mean, Hurricanes and Caps would be one and two on that list. That's for sure. Maybe CBJ would be up there too. I think, I think I'd rather, I think Columbus would be number one because then I'd have Tortorella and Hank on the same team. Yeah, hard to hate. So it'd be, yeah, it'd be even harder to hate. The Capitals are a rival. It's just, they're the rival that you always dominate. So it's, like, I think Capitals fans have a hatred towards us, yeah. whereas we're kind of laissez-faire towards them. I feel the same way about the Canes, because... despite them absolutely crushing us in the playoffs this year. Yeah, well, the Canes also need fans in order for me to feel like I have anyone I need to worry about. Wow. Shots fired. I, under- I understand. I understand there are Hurricane fans out there. I just, I'm yet to meet one, so therefore I don't think they exist because I see my world through freaking blinders there you go that is how i operate let's go to our good friend drew we're gonna do a mock draft after the first round should be fun drew is very insightful but before that let's take a quick break transition hey we're back with our uh what our reigning and superb prospect expert drew way uh definitely have the crown for most appearances on this show now i think as as of today so congratulations um but we'll be doing a mock draft where we'll be kind of setting you up and knocking them down Go through the entire first round. Um, and you have Byfield going once in the New York Rangers. Is that true? Well, first, thanks for having me on. Uh, <laughs> honored to hear that apparently I have the crown for the most uh, off guest. Um, I'm not sure if that's something I should be proud of or not. But no, regardless, not. Uh, it seems <laughs> regardless, no, that's great. And yeah, man, I'm uh, down for whatever you guys want to do today. And uh, no, no Byfield at one. But I <sighs> nice try, though. I know I heard you talking about all your FOMO with him or whatnot. I have some it's, FOMO, it's nonsense. man. Is it nonsense? Just feed me, feed me a little bit here, because if if Byfield yeah. hits his ceiling, like I do, feel like it's higher than Lafreniere, and I know that's crazy talk, knowing literally nothing. But he's the center, like the the body he has, the skill, the finesse, the hands, the six four, the the weight. I'm just got, I'm obsessed with big guy hockey. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think we we got more going on here than you being FOMO of him as a player. Like I think we got a little bit of a you're about to go out and buy a pickup truck syndrome here. Got it. Um, but no, um, I'll say this. I, 
Byfield, it's like 10 years from now, we look back and it's like, yeah, Quentin Byfield is the best player from this draft. No one should be stunned. I mean, uh, going back, I think three, three years ago, four years ago, whenever the OH, whenever the, uh, you know, the junior drafts were, like, I remember listening to an episode of Bob McKenzie's podcast that first season he had it. And all the way back then, he was talking about how, oh, there's these, you know, 16 year old kids, Alexi Lafrenia and Quentin Byfield, who are going to be phenoms in a few years when the draft comes around. So, I mean, they've both been very, very highly regarded prospects for a while now. Um, and so it's, you know, there are a couple people out there that have Byfield one. I, I don't, but I mean, he's a really, really good prospect. If he was in last year's draft class, he probably would have gone one over Jack Hughes. And, and, and as I said, a bunch last year, Jack Hughes is a phenomenal prospect. So that's not a knock on Hughes. That's a compliment to Byfield. So, well, I guess let's, uh, let's go here. So you, who do you have going number one to the New York Rangers? Don't spoil anything. Uh, I have Maverick Bork now. Um, I, <laughs> obviously, Lafreniere. Um, as I said last time I was on, the kid is phenomenal. He's got no blatant holes in his game. He's bigger and stronger than most people realize. He's six one, pushing two hundred pounds, and you know mostly muscle. Um, he's still a kid and growing into his frame. You know, the one knock on him that you'll have people throw around is, other than the fact that he's a winger as opposed to a center, is he's almost a full year older than Byfield. But you know what, he's, uh, you know, if, if he were a little bit old, you know, about a couple of weeks older and in last year's class, he still would have gone one over Hughes and Kako. He's, he can do it all. Um, and he's the clear choice for number one. Yeah. Uh, I, we, we've over the last God knows how many weeks have said very nice things about Alexis Lafreniere. Uh, don't think we have anything new to say about him. We're just, mm-hmm. as we go through this for the listeners at home, we're also going to be just comparing notes with, our good friend and coworker Corey Pronman's mock draft that is available right now on the athletic. You can go there and check it out for yourself. That is what we call a natural plug and native Stop. ad people. Uh, that is, that is, that's podcast hosting right there, Ryan. I'm doing your job for you. I loved it. Um, <laughs> number two, Drew way, the Los Angeles Kings, you have them taking who? Oh, yeah, definitely going forward. Keep queuing me up with which team it is, because I'd be lying if I said I remember what spot. Oh, this look, is. this is this is right <laughs> up my alley, baby. This is what I yeah, do. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Quentin Byfield, number two. Um, I understand that t- some people like Tim Stutzler. I think that's uh, Galaxy branding it, to be honest. Quentin Byfield has been a phenomenal prospect for years now. Uh, he's you know six four, two fifteen. He he's built like a freaking horse. Uh, and he, he does it all. I mean, he, he's the, the one knock a lot of people have on him is the fact that at the World Juniors this year, he didn't look like he belonged as much as Lafreniere, but he was, again, almost a year younger. This time last year, Alexi also wasn't a standout uh, at the World Juniors. Um, and no, to me, it's five fields two. You don't, don't overthink it. He's big center with who's drawn comparisons to Eric Lindros' entire junior career. And you know, while that might be a little bit hyperbolic, there's certain certainly good reason for that. Uh, I will say that the Galaxy Brain. I don't think this is Corey's idea per se. Um, he's heard enough to know that, or to believe that the Kings will go Stutzel at two. Who you just said, yeah. not necessarily incorrect, but just kind of overthinking it a little bit. Yeah, I mean Stutzel's a great prospect, but. Um... And, and to Corey's point, I think Elliot Friedman's reported this. There have been a few, you know, I, I, I enjoy listening to a bunch of other, you know, hockey podcasts out there. And I think Friedman and Sam Constantino both have, are two guys that have said they've heard that the Kings 
might actually go to here. So it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what Corey thinks or any other draft prospect out there. The fact of the matter is there's a lot of smoke to the fact that apparently the Kings legitimately are thinking of going Spitzla at two. And so, I mean, hey, that's what, you know, if they do that, good for Ottawa at three. Well, let's, let's get to Ottawa at three. So I'm assuming that's where you, you, you pretty much just explained the entirety of it. So you believe they would take Stutzler? I mean, I, so or what are we doing here? You want me to say who I think they'll take or you want me to say who I would take if I was I go with Go with who you would take. We're, we're curious about your Lucas. opinion and then Corey provides the who he thinks they will take. Yeah, I would take Lucas Raymond at three. Um, I, I personally, the way I have my rankings, which I, I just released today, you guys saw me tweet it out, and I also was able to get to the site once uh, Bob graciously fixed the issue I was having. But I have Lafreniere on a tier of himself at one, and then my second tier is Byfield, Raymond, Stutzler. So by me having that as the second tier, I would not argue strongly. if No matter what the order was there, I wouldn't you know severely push back. But personally, I have Byfield two, Raymond three, Stutzler four. Uh, I don't understand why most people, when they talk about Lucas Raymond, they don't mention the fact that he is actually a phenomenal two-way winger, um, and he also is fantastic off the puck. Um, I get he's a bit undersized, but I don't know how much you guys have followed what some of the guys are saying about how the SHL season's going, but Lucas Raymond has looked phenomenal um, in, in the startup this year. But regardless of that, I would have had him here anyway. He's been, you know, along the lines of Byfield as well, a very, very highly touted prospect for years now. And uh, to be honest, I like him a little bit more than Stutzla. So if I was the Senators here and Byfield goes two, I would go Lucas Raymond at three. Uh, I will just mention again, Corey has Byfield, as previously mentioned, going three, who I think the three of us would agree if Byfield gets to three for the Senators, job well done by them. That's yeah. an incredible. Yeah, game. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh Pick number four, the Detroit Red Wings. Corey yeah, Pronman so, says they're going Cole Perfetti. Drew Way says they're going. Yeah, so for the record, Corey Pronman is reporting on what a lot of the insiders are saying there. Uh, Sam Constantino for weeks has been saying that he has it under very good authority that they're going, that Detroit is infatuated to Cole Perfetti and going there at four. Um, but me, as you know, if I'm Stevie Eisenman sitting here at four and Lafreniere, Byfield, and Raymond are off the board, I'm going to Tim Stutzle at four, no questions asked. Yeah, no doubt about that one. Which brings us right back to the Senators. Uh, and Corey Proman has Jake Sanderson being picked. Is that uh, is that high for you? Because who, who would you have available at this point? At your number five? Spot? Yeah, I mean, so for me, I have Jake Sanderson ranked 10, um, but I have him uh, on a tier that extends, you know, from... Uh, well, actually, I have Jake Sanderson technically in my tier four. Um, right now in my tier three, I have what is it, one, two, three, four guys that, in my opinion, could all go here no problem. Um, but personally, if I'm sitting here, if I'm the Senators at five, I just took Raymond at three, who is a winger. You know, I, I can totally get behind going defense here. If I was going defense personally, I would take J.B. Drysdale over Jake Sanderson. I have them both in the same tier, but I, I like Drysdale a little bit more. Um, but I would go with the center. Um, personally, I have Anton Lundell ranked slightly higher here, but just given some of the connections and all of that and the fact that he played for Ottawa in the junior, uh, I think Marco Rossi is a slam dunk here to go uh, five for Ottawa. And now Ottawa's coming away with Marco Rossi and Lucas Raymond. If you're a Senators fan, you should be absolutely fucking thrilled with that. Uh, while we're on the Senators here, because I've seen the name floated around recently, and I'm curious on your take, uh, how hard would your body reject the idea of the Senators taking Askarov at five? 
I mean, I'd be fine with that because then I, I'm all for guys going up here uh, that I wouldn't pick up here and therefore ups the potential of a good player falling and, you know, possibly the Rangers moving up to get one of them. <laughs> but, um, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I view goalies similar to how I view running backs in the NFL in that, yes, Oskarov is a fantastic goalie prospect. He's arguably the best goalie prospect since possibly even before Carter Hart. Um, he is incredible, and he absolutely deserves to be in this conversation when you're talking about guys that are going to go in the lottery. Personally, though, I would rather take my shot and take, you know, take a couple goalies in rounds three, four, and five. When you look at the track records of where the best goalies in the league came from, for every you know, Mark Andre Fleury or Carey Price, who went super high in the first round. You have uh, a Pekka Rene or Henrik Lundqvist, who went super late in the draft. So, just in terms of value-based drafting, I'm not going goalie this high. But you know, the Senators go Askarov at five. It's hey, he, he's a he's far and away the best goalie prospect in years. So it's I wouldn't you know argue too hardly against it. It's just not something I would personally do. And I guess we'll never know if that's something the Senators would do if they didn't also own the third overall pick. So they're kind of playing at an advantage there. But anyway, number, pick number six belongs to the Anaheim Ducks. Friend of the podcast, Corey Prodman, has uh, Jamie Drysdale, defenseman out of Erie in the Ontario Hockey League. Drew Way has... Yeah. Yeah, you know what? That's actually, I mean, that would be a great pick for them. Um, personally, he, at this point, I would go Anton Lundell. I think Lundell is the perfect kind of player for the Ducks. The Ducks love, I mean, obviously the Ducks want a high-end, talented player. Lundell is that. I, I don't have time for the argument saying that he's got a low ceiling. No, he's fantastic. Um, he's a great player, and he's absolutely tearing it up at the restart of Liga this year over in Finland. Um, but the Ducks also love them, those two-way players, those centers who can play in all zones, get a little bit gritty, um, but also have talent. Like Lundell is right up the Ducks alley. I have him ranked fifth. I have him on my third tier with with, uh, Marco Rossi and Alexander Holtz. And if I'm the Ducks, I'm taking Lundell here at six. It's so high for Lundell, but I want him so bad. All right, Uh, let's go right to New Jersey. Obviously, the rival of the Rangers. Corey Promen has Lucas Raymond falling to them, uh, who you had going earlier. Who's available at at number seven for the Devils for you? If Lucas Raymond is available to the Devils at seven, that is absolutely asinine, and I'm going to be so upset. I cannot imagine five years from now a three-man power play, a three-man like a overtime unit for the Devils being Ty Smith, Lucas Raymond, and Jack Hughes. Um, but a perfect player along the lines of Lucas Raymond for the Devils here, who still is terribly cringeworthy for a Ranger fan to hear them take, is Alexander Holtz. He's a winger from uh, Sweden, plays uh, in the SHL currently, and has hands down the best shot in the entire draft class. And if you include last year's draft class as well, still has the best shot of both draft classes combined. I hate that. Yeah, it really sucks that the Jet, the Devils are going to get a good player. It, like it, the Devils, the only way the Devils don't get a good player is if they somehow trade this pick. Not only are they getting a good player, but they're getting like the perfect complement for their two high-end young centers, you know, Jack Hughes and uh, Nico Hischier. Fantastic. Maybe they'll take Askarov. Really galaxy. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, pick number eight belongs to the Buffalo Sabres, which I guess also belongs to the New York Rangers because they'll probably acquire it along with Jack Eichel, if you believe everything <laughs> that you ever read. Uh, nope. Your boy Marco Rossi going to the Sabres at eight, according to Corey Pronman. Do you, you obviously have somewhere different because you had Rossi at five. Yeah, yeah. And at this point, I mean, I know the Sabres have spoken a lot about how they do want a center. Um, I'm in my tier four here, and I have you know, six different guys that you can argue for going here. 
My highest rated guy at eight is Jamie Drysdale. But at this point here, I think a really good pick for the Sabres would be my ninth ranked player, and that is Cole Perfetti. Oh, the 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 Detroit of Detroit fame. There you go. Um, yeah, of Detroit fame. Yeah, he's I mean he's a center playing out of the OHL. His big knock is his skating. Um, he has improved on his skating by all accounts, but he's not a great skater. But he's super cerebral, super smart, a great playmaker. Um, he's pretty. He's a decent transitional player, despite the fact that he's not a great skater. Um, but he he's the type of player that I you know, given the rumors that Buffalo is looking to increase their center depth, I think he would be you know, this is, again this is on the tier that I have going back to my tier approach. You know, you beat best player available, but once you're on a tier, it's okay to go with a different position depending on what you need. It's a given what we've heard about what Buffalo is looking for. I think Perfetti would be really hard for them to pass up at this point. Which brings us to the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Corey has them picking, picking the what you described as one of the best shots in the class, Alexander Holtz. Um, who's mm. going nine for you? Holtz would be perfect for Minnesota, unfortunately for them. I already have... Uh, you know, I have Holtz off the board already. Um, you know, my highest ranked guy here is Jamie Drysdale. Given if he's a defenseman, given the fact, excuse me, given the fact of how Minnesota is pretty loaded on defense, and all the talk is how they want more forwards. Even though, you know, they're bringing over. Um, oh my God, I'm blanking on this name. They're uber prospect from Russia. Um, Kirill uh, Kaprizov. Yes, yes, Kaprizov. Yes, even though they're bringing over Kaprizov, adding some scoring punch with him. My guess is they probably want some more um, a, a forward there. Honestly, they're bringing over Kaprizov, and there's a, a kid that I, this is probably high for him, given how uh, most people have him ranked. But there's a Russian winger, Rodion Amarov. He's I have him on this tier, tier four. I have him ranked 13th, but again, on my fourth tier, he's six foot, you know, 185 pound winger, currently tearing. Uh, uh, sorry, 170 pound winger, currently tearing it up in the KHL. Uh, you know, so again, in the KHL, arguably the second best league in the world, and he's dominating adults right now he is someone that given the fact that Kaprizov's coming over right now I think he's about as close to NHL ready as you can get when you're talking this late in the draft I think um you know given what has come off the board already the wild taking Amaroff here at nine it's a little bit of a reach by most accounts but I think it'd be a, a really really good pick for them Really excited for him going to third round like Pavel Dorofeyev uh now. Nah, so. em, em, <laughs> well to be clear em, Dorofiev, I was a little bit on the island with last year. Amaroff is someone that even Bob McKenzie and stuff have in the top 15. So. Okay. Gotcha. Still, third-round pick. Very excited. Uh, <laughs> pick, pick 10, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, they yeah. are going with our good friend of the podcast, Anton Lundell. You have him off your board already, so who are you going with at 10? Jamie Drysdale, Winnipeg's defense sucks. Jamie Drysdale is the best defenseman in this draft, in my opinion. Um, and he's still there on the board. Uh, I think if Jamie Drysdale is there at 10, uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff, not that he can actually go to the podium this year with the whole virtual draft, but he will be virtually sprinting to the podium to make this pick. Uh, AKA picking with his shorts on pretty quick. Everyone, is anyone going to wear wearing pants during this draft? No. Let's put it that way. Uh, number 11, Corey has... Ooh. Jesus. Uh, Nashville Predators. Uh, they have <laughs> Yaroslav Askarov, who we talked about earlier. Uh, I'm assuming he's not going to go in your top 30 just because these are your personal rankings. Prove me wrong if so, but who do you have 11 going to Nashville? No, no, I, Askarov will be going in my top 30 given, uh, like I said, he, he's a phenomenal prospect just in the lottery before it was too high. So 11 at Nashville, um, you know, I, I'm torn here a little bit. You know, Nashville, I understand, you know, they don't really need defense, but they have quite the history of just really developing defensemen. 
But I'll go with a little bit more of the high-end talent play here. This is a little bit of a risky pick. It's a guy that I have much higher than the consensus. But um, I think if I'm a Nashville fan and I hear that they're taking Noel Gundler here um, from the SHL, that is a phenomenal upside swing and could really, really make them look smart in a few years. I feel like the Gundler hype, I feel like it was much higher back in February, January. It doesn't feel as high anymore. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't. A lot of the traditional pundits came out and, you know, the Bob McKenzie's of the world have them around 30 or so. And, And you'll notice, like, I don't, I'm not going to get into this game of like, you know, talking shit about others, but you'll notice when all of a sudden Bob McKenzie comes out with his ranks and a lot of like hobby prospect analysts like myself, they come out with theirs. All of a sudden they look a lot more like McKenzie's ranks than they did before he released theirs. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, people tend to follow that a bit or at least let it influence their rankings. Um, but I think, uh, you know, if you're Nashville, given where they're at, um, I think Gunler would be a, a really good upside play here. Uh, and again, I know it's a bit early for most people, but, Hey, this is me acting as the GM, not me saying what I think they'll actually do. And if I'm them, I'm going Gunler here. Part of the reason we love Drew Way, he's not afraid to piss people off, and he gets along with us very well for doing that. <laughs> uh, pick, pick number 12 belongs to the Florida Panthers, a guy that we haven't talked about at all in this podcast is who Corey has going to them. That would be center Seth Jarvis. Agree or disagree? Well, first of all, I don't think Seth Jarvis is a center. He's played mostly wing in the CHL. And I understand that some pundits have Jarvis as someone that they project to be a center in the NHL. Personally, I think Jarvis has the skill to be a center, but he's five foot ten, a buck seventy. NHL GMs are still in the Stone Age in their thinking, and they typically don't like smaller guys moving from wing to center. Um, that said, Jarvis would be a fine pick for them here. But if I'm Florida, given the state they're in, I'm going Jake Sanderson here at twelve. Jarvis is someone that we saw. Wait, hold on. Given the state they're in, are you saying Sanderson's more immune to the coronavirus or something? Is that why you're going (laughs) Sanderson? (laughs) No, no. uh, That that, that would be interesting. Um, And and, and Sanderson is an American. So, hey, for all we know, like given the coronavirus has gone here, he's already been exposed to it, gotten it, and is over it, and now has the antibodies for it. So you never know there. Um, But he's he's arguably the best defensive defenseman in the he's not I would say he is the best defensive defenseman in the entire class he's also probably the best transitional defenseman in the entire class Florida is known for liking their defense to be able to help transition the puck up the ice and then get the puck to guys like Sasha Barkov I think Sanderson would be a perfect fit for Florida here that brings us to the Carolina Hurricanes uh Corey Froman has some drafting yet another Quinn in these drafts high up what an incredible family dream uh Jack Quinn going to the Carolina Hurricanes who is 13 from you Drew Oh, hold on, this hold on. Is where, are, are, yeah, yeah. are you confusing the Quins with the Hugheses just because his first last name is Quinn? Yeah, they're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just want to you point out that here, you, you heard it here, folks. Ryan Mead thinks all white people are no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I just, I just love, I love that you're, you're, you're putting Jack Quinn in the Hughes family because his last name is Quinn. They're all the same. They're all the same. <laughs> I'm going to just pivot off this one right now and say uh, at 13 for the for the Hurricanes. This is where I think uh, the the, uh, the allure of the goalie Yaroslav Askarov is, is too hard to pass up. Um, I saw Sarah, a friend of the podcast, Sarah Sivian, the other day mentioning that, uh, you know, if uh, Yaroslav Askarov dropped here, the Hurricanes, they'd sprint to the podium and take him. And uh, I'm inclined to agree. I think he would be, uh, you know, a, a really good pick for them, even with my me saying before that you know I, I think goalies in the first round aren't great value at, at this point at 13 given 
what what's left on the board, I think uh, you could do a lot worse than going Oscar off here. Fair enough. Brings us to Edmonton, who, thank God they didn't win the lottery this year. I, I think we all would have had a hard time with that. Corey Prodman has them taking a uh, friend of Keandre Miller, I assume, Dylan Holloway out of Wisconsin. Do you agree, disagree, yeah. going somewhere else? Yeah, I mean, I think Holloway would be a fine pick for them here. So that's not one that I would push back on necessarily disagree. But this, you mentioned Seth Jarvis before. Um, I think Jarvis projects more as a winger than a center. All you hear out of Edmonton is they want wingers to play next to, you know, Dreisaitl or McDavid. I think uh, especially because Jarvis is from the WHL, plays in Portland. And, yeah, I know Portland's a long shot away from Edmonton, but Edmonton's known to scout the WHL heavy. Uh, I would bet that if at 14 comes around and Seth Jarvis is still on the board, uh, he is someone that Edmonton will happily select. And I'll go with uh, Seth Jarvis at 14 to Edmonton. That brings us to uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, the first couple names, I have no idea how to say. This is uh, Rodion Amaroff. Yeah, nice job. I love that guys. Drew, Drew has already said this name on this very podcast today. <laughs> I'm the and worst. you weren't paying attention. I'm the worst. I was reading some of Corey. How do we say it? You were close. It's Rodion Amaroff. Okay. <laughs> I'm surprised um, Brian didn't drop in the name of the team he plays for, which I can only assume is Ufa. <laughs> it is. It says here Ufa. Ufa KHL. That's, that's correct. So anyway, uh, will Toronto be making a smart move? Yeah, well, so I, I Amaroff at 15 would be great. I took Amaroff at 9. I admitted that was me being a little bit cute with the whole he pair him with Kaprizov thing. But at 15, I am going to take for Toronto because Toronto has a habit of taking guys I love. They took Nick Robertson last year. If you recall, when the Rangers took Matthew Robins, Robertson, I tweeted that, hey, this was a good pick, but they took the wrong Robertson. Um, yeah, it's only one year out. I'm not going to take a victory lap yet, but I'm looking pretty smart for that one right now. Pat myself on the back a little bit for there. But at 15, I'm going uh, Ty Smith Memorial Trophy winner, Jan Mysak for hey. Toronto at, uh, at 15. Why are you doing that? Yeah. Why, why are you sending your guy to Toronto? That's, you know what? I'm playing this like if I was, oh, how'd you call it? Kyle Dubas? Is that yeah, how you pronounce the his name the other day on the? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, if I, if I was Dubas sitting here at 15 and, uh, you know, there's a couple guys here I really like, but my sec on the board, the fact that he plays in Hamilton in OHL, I'm sure it's right in their backyard. I'm sure they've seen him play a lot. I mean, again, you know, he's actually a Czech player, played most of his career at this point in the Czech League, but came over to Hamilton just before COVID broke. But I'm sure they're more than familiar with him. I think he projects as a center in the NHL, to be honest, but he's played a lot of left wing of, of late. Um, he can do either. He's, you know, he's six foot, 181. He, he plays a two-way game. And, and he's one where I, I think when I was on the pod last time, I was explaining to him as he's kind of like an NBA player who's phenomenal at making, making space for himself to either get his own shot or set up a teammate for a layup. Um, he, he's just about as gifted as it comes in this draft class in terms of handling the puck in the offensive zone, creating space to not just get his shot off, but that to make the proper decision. He's going to pass it off to the teammate, take the shot himself, bring it back to open up more space, et cetera. He, I think he's phenomenally gifted, really underrated by those who have him going late first or the second round. And uh, Toronto, this would be a perfect pick for Toronto at 15. Well, let's see if Montreal is going to knock the ball out of the park here at 16. Corey Pronman has them taking defenseman Caden Gould, I assume is how you say that last name. Uh, do we think this is a ghoulish pick? Oh, nice, nice job. Yeah. Yes, especially with Halloween coming up. Good good work there. Yeah, I, I think I have Caden Gould around like 50 in the 50s. Granted, I am the outlier here. Most 
traditional pundits have him going in this range. Um, Gould is, I think, what is he, like 6'4"? I can't even, I don't even want to scroll down to my rankings far enough to, to look up what he's, uh, here we go. He's 6'3", 190, uh, last checked. Um, he's a defenseman who he's a, he's a big dude, strong as a bull, and he's a great skater for someone his size, which is why people love him. But that's where the compliments end. I don't think he's actually that good at hockey, if I'm being honest. And I should watch out. His agent is actually notorious for finding either people saying shit like this on podcasts or seeing tweets out there and then responding to it like a dick. Um, so I should probably be a little bit careful about this. But like today, our, our boy Rich Coyle, who helps, who always contributes to our site's rankings, yeah. Rich put out a, a tweet joking saying like, hey, this is my reaction at the Rangers take ghoul at 22. It's a video of a guy standing on the subway screaming, help, police, help, right. help. And and Ghoul's agent responded to him. Like, in a really like, Dickish, yeah, well, a couple minutes later, but yeah, That's he wild. this is all today. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I personally think that would be a terrible pick. Um, How do we become hockey no, agents? I, I think we could do this. <laughs> that, is, that is a good question. Um, but, uh, you probably need a lot of money to start off and get your the agency off the board, but regardless. So we're talking pick 16 here. Uh, we're talking Montreal Canadiens. Yep. Um, you know what? I mean, it'd be really funny if you ended up taking Caden Gould after all the shit you talked. No, he's not going today. I can guarantee you, I'm not taking him in this first round mock. Um, I, I would, I. This kills me. Um, I would go if I'm the Canadians and I'm sitting here, and I. It, what's the ongoing joke been about the Canadians for years, right? They keep looking for a center. They keep trying to draft guys and forcing the center. But actually, you know what? No, I'll take that back. It's, the, the thing now is Canadian fans on Twitter keep telling me that they have too many centers and need to trade one. So fuck that. I'm not going to take Maverick Bork for them like I was going to nice. originally. I'm going to take Dawson. I'm going to take a guy on the same tier here, Dawson Mercer. Uh, he plays in the QMJHL, which means he probably speaks French, which means they probably would love him there. But he's a really, really gifted winger. High upside. He does have a little bit of bust potential. Um, but I have him ranked 18th overall on my fifth tier here, which spans from picks 14 down to 23. Um, and I think Dawson Mercer would actually be a really good pick. Um, you know, good upside swing for the Canadians here. It's like you're setting me up, Drew, because at 17, Chicago Blackhawks have said Dawson Mercer uh, going for, according to Corey Prime. Ryan, try to try to say try to say the name of the team Dawson Mercer currently plays for. <laughs> oh, this is an easy one. Is it? Is it Chicotimi? Chicotimi? Was that good? Did do it? You guys still there? Oh, you know what, my. My, yeah, no, you know, my, <laughs> I might just have my sheet wrong that I, I trust Cole, what Corey has and his published article on The Athletic better. Um, I must have, uh, and my thing here, I have him down as Drummondville, which I'm like, why, why is he so uh Oh, no, it's, so this, says, this no, says Chicotimi, I believe. No, you're correct. No, you're, you're correct. Um, yeah, Chicotimi is how you'd say that. Damn it. Um, but uh, anyway, um, no, yeah, Mercer would be a good pick here. Um, personally, if I'm Chicago, given ha- how their team looks, um, I think knowing the way Chicago is, they're probably looking for a guy who might be a little bit closer to NHL ready. Um, you know, Jonathan Taves is getting a little bit long in the tooth here. They might be looking for center. I think uh, Dylan Holloway, uh, University University of Wisconsin center, would be a really good pick here for that for Chicago at 17. Good news, guys. The New Jersey Devils are back on the clock no. at 18. Uh, they are apparently taking Corey's son, Braden Schneider. I don't think there's any relationship there. But uh, defenseman out of Brandon same. in the Western Hockey League, 
Drew, how do we feel about Braden Schneider? Is that who you would go with here? Uh, in, copy and paste everything I said about Caden Gould and paste it in here for Braden Schneider. I think he is another defenseman who is big and can skate, and that's about all that you can say about good things for him. Um, Same agent? Do we have to worry about you really shitting on this agent's clients here? <laughs> I don't know who Schneider's uh, agent is. I just know Caden Gould's agent is notorious for responding to people who, who don't like Caden on Twitter. I got bad news um, for his agent because people listen to this show. <laughs> yeah, if, uh, if, if I'm going to uh, if, unless, uh, you know, I'm not getting into it, but no, I personally you know, the, both of them I have in the second round, right? Gould and Schneider, they're obviously probably projected to be NHL players who might talk shit about them. And they're both, you know, I, I'm someone who's very confident in my physical abilities and think I can beat up both of most people. They're 19 at the physical peak of their of their career and outweigh me by 15 pounds and a couple inches taller than me. They can probably kick the shit out of me. So yeah. what do they care? Yeah, that's true. But uh, no, for, for the Devils at 18 here, I'm actually going Jack Quinn. Uh, he's a winger out of, the, out of Ottawa. He, he's on the team with Marco Rossi. He does not play on the line with Marco Rossi a lot. Very good winger. And again, all I keep hearing is how Devils fans, I mean, Devils fans would love a defenseman here. And I bet you most of them would probably like Caden Gould or Braden Schneider here, but I don't think either first round talents. And if I'm them, uh, I think Jack Quinn would be hard to pass up here. But that brings us to the Calgary Flames, uh, who have, Corey has Hendricks Lapierre being drafted by them. Uh, who do you have at 19 there, Drew? Yeah, so the Flames, I definitely think a center is a good spot for them. Um, Maverick Bork is my highest rated center on the board here. But given the fact that Calgary is all pissy about uh, Johnny Goudreau right now, and they think the fact that he's undersized might not lend them to doing well in the playoff. And I mean, I probably would take Bork if I were them. But um, we're talking, you know, Calgary, there's a play, there's a pretty good center staring them in the staring them down right here who plays in the whl he's a bigger body guy uh and that's connor zary um you know he plays for cam loops in the whl and uh i think he he's he would be someone that they would be hard pressed to pass up here speaking of connor zary how interesting that you bring him up uh that's who Corey has the devils taking at number 20 so in your mind zary shouldn't get to 20 is what you're telling me uh yeah, I mean, I have Zary actually ranked 21. And so I, I know I have Zary ranked 20th. So I, this is the range he should go. So I wouldn't necessarily say he shouldn't last for there. And I could totally see the Devils going there. Um, you know, for now, so now we have, you know, what, what do we have? We had the Devils going Alexander Holtz, and then we had them going Jack Quinn. At this point here, um, I think this is a spot where, they could take a little bit of an upside swing on a defenseman. This is a little bit of a reach, but again, if, if we're going to try to pigeonhole a defenseman in there for the Devils, um, the player I have who's the highest ranked defenseman on the board, I have him ranked down in the mid 20s. It's Emil Andre. Um, he's an undersized defenseman. He's like, you know, 5'9, 5'10, but he's 180, 185 pounds. Um, he's strong as an ox and he's already doing very well for HB 71 and SHL, which is a very good SHL team, like some scrub franchise, like on the border of relegation or something. And he, if you look him up on YouTube and watch some of his highlights, one of the things you'll see is for, for a relatively little guy, he hits super hard. He plays way bigger than his sizes. He's very offensively gifted, good in transition, but also way better in his own zone. Than I think most people give him credit for uh, a lot of the traditional pundits have him in the second round. I'll take him over Caden Gould or Braden Schneider every single day of the week and twice on Sundays. That brings us to Columbus Blue Jackets, who Corey has them taking Lucas Reichel. I think I got that one. Maybe I didn't. 
Yeah, yeah, Reichel would be a really good pick. I guess you got that right. That's nice. Lucas Reichel. He'd be a very good pick for them. He's a, a German winger. He plays a little bit all over the place. Like I believe if you look him up on Elite Prospects, they just have him listed as a forward <laughs> because he plays all over the place. Um, you know, personally, you know, if I'm here at 21 and uh, we're talking the, the Blue Jackets here, given the fact that I think they would really love a little bit of scoring punch here, for, for me, there's two choices here for the Rangers and Blue Jackets. Whoever the Blue Jackets don't go with is who the Rangers going with. You have Maverick Bork, who is a center. He's my highest ranked player on the board. But also in Tier 5, you have Jacob Perot, who is also a center. That's both a little bit you know, on the smaller side. Perot is a little bit beefier, a little bit stronger. Bork is more of a playmaker. Perot is more of a shooter. I think Columbus is going to prefer the shooter in this situation. And so I would go uh, Jacob Perot, um, you know, center from Sarnia in the OHL for Columbus at pick 21. I just want to applaud you and the hustle that you have put in since about pick 16 <laughs> for not picking Maverick Bork before 22, which Real is hustle. where the New York Rangers would be making yeah. their se- uh, second selection of the first round. Uh, again, I mean, we're just going to say that I think three of us would be absolutely surprised if the Rangers end up making this pick. And while we all know that uh, Drew is about to say very beautiful and flowery things about Maverick Bork, it is worth pointing out that Corey Pronman has the Rangers taking Brandon Brisson. Brandon Brisson. Oh, look at yes. that, Ryan. I okay, Ryan. <laughs> I How just, about that? I just a double fist pump. Thank you, everyone. So I'll say I'll say this, Greg. So yeah, Brandon. The reason why I know it's uh, other than the fact that I I do watch the games, everyone. I know I'm an analytics nerd, but I do watch the games. Uh, he, he's a son of Pat Brisson, John Tavares' agent. Um, Brisson, honestly, Rangers take Brisson at 22. I'm thrilled. I have Brisson ranked 22 in my rankings. He's a great, great player, and he's probably got the best one-timer shot in this entire draft class. Um, I, it, if you put Brisson in a few years uh, on the center next to you know, uh, Alexi Lafreniere or uh, even like an Artemi Panarin, like with that one-timer, oh, it would be great. But yeah, I'm going Maverick Bork. Yes, I gamed it a little bit. Obviously, you heard me multiple times being like, ah, well, Bork's the highest rated guy I have here. Uh, I, you know, I got to have a little bit of fun, right? Um, but no, Maverick Bork at 22, he's realistically, he is a realistic target to be there at 22. I didn't, you know, have to bend over backwards to make this happen. Um, I have him on fifth tier with all these recent guys I've been speaking about, but Maverick Bork, you know, it's 5'10", 165, a bit diminutive, um, but, you know, he's still young. He still put on some weight. Um, he plays for Sean again in the QMJHL. It's, I mean, the Rangers, I think it's been like the since the 70s was the last time they took a first-rounder out of the Q. Uh, if they do this, this would be two first-rounders out of the Q in one year. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the scouting report on Maverick Bork for me is – He's a well-rounded player. He can play in all zones. As I've mentioned before, I love guys that I think can play in all zones and across all situations. And he's arguably the best playmaker in the entire draft class outside of the top couple picks. He's not quite, you know, he's no Alexei Lafreniere in terms of his playmaking ability, but he is an excellent, excellent playmaking center. I think he will absolutely translate to center in the NHL, and he would be an incredible pick at 22. Well, that brings us to the Flyers. They have uh, Corey Provin hasn't taken Jacob Peralt. Is it is that how you say it? I'm not sure. Peralt. I literally just said his name before. Jacob Peralt. God, multiple God times. Damn it. Uh, second, God second, damn it. Second time. Second God time that Drew has talked someone up, and you've just completely and totally air. Because it's not because I air. I listen. I just don't see it as the same name. You have to understand. <laughs> uh, I'll say this. 
Um, he, I'm on the same wavelength as him, as Corey on this one, but this is where I'll go Brendan Brisson instead. Um, I think he, uh, I would hate to see Brisson go to the Flyers, but he'd be a great pick for them at 23 here. Um, it's well known that the Flyers are open for looking at like the center position in terms of what they want to do here. And you put Brisson on, at the center of some of these playmakers, the, the young playmakers that the Flyers have and, um, you know, watch out in a few years. Brings us to pick number 24, the future employer of Henrik Lundqvist. That is the Washington Capitals. Uh, I don't know if I should go talented Mr. Ridley or Ridley's Believe It or Not, but they're going with Ridley Grieg out of Brandon. Okay, so this, yeah, the Brandon Weekings. This is going to be my excuse to go on my little rant I wanted to go on. Um, a lot of people think Ridley Grieg should be a player for the Rangers at 22. Um, and uh, I've had a couple of people not argue with me. People usually are pretty good with me on Twitter in terms of like if they want to debate me or come at me with something. But like, hey, so Ridley Grieg, he's a bigger player. He, he's got a lot of snarl to his game. He's gritty, um, but he's also, you know, talented. He's not just, you know, a great player. Um, he, he's a winger. Um, you know, right now he's like, I think he's like 5'11", 6 foot. Um, but the way his frame is, people think he'll definitely build out and get stronger quicker. Um, but he's not a first round talent. Um, I, I understand that you do need some grit and snarl on your team in the NHL and, um, and that he does have more upside than people probably give him credit for. But at the end of the day, you don't draft first rounders because they're gritty or tough. That's, you, you can get that in spades in rounds two, three, four, five, et cetera. Um, at, at this point, he's not a player I'm considering in the first round. Um, for me here, we know that, uh, the Capitals do like their Russian prospects. We know that um, they don't mind taking a kid that has very high upside and have to wait for a little bit. And uh, this is a name that even I'm going to butcher here. Um, and, and this is one where I literally, I, I've watched multiple, multiple, uh, I've, I've watched multiple games of this player and, and heard the announcer say his name over and over again. I've even listened back to try to hear how the hell to pronounce it. And it's one of those names that when Russian-speaking people say the name, it just all blends together. And I still can't understand how the fuck to say it. Um, my best guess is Murat Kuznetsov. Sure. Um, he's a he's a center. He's a very undersized center uh, playing for SKA's MHL team. Uh, the MHL is kind of like the juniors of the, um, or it's kind of like the AHL of the the KHL out there. Um, it's a little bit of the wild, wild west in terms of teams. It's one of those leagues where you have a couple like really, really good teams and a bunch of absolute shit teams. And then because of that, it's very difficult to analyze these players sometimes. Um, but he uh, just, the best thing to do is just go and look him up on YouTube. When he gets the puck and starts skating, he looks like he's shot out of an absolute cannon. He's actually not even that good of a skater yet, but he's just so amazingly fast that if he learns to play at the that he's able to generate while skating and, and you know his hands and his mind can catch up to his feet like this is this is the ultimate upside swing here if you want to I mean this kid might not ever make the NHL or he might be one of the five best players in this draft class and he's someone that if the Rangers took at 22 it's again you back when we took Hedl when we we're like oh good upside swing like that it would be a similar kind of thing where uh, there's certainly risk a raw player but the upside is just absolutely tantalizing with this player that brings us to the final six picks of this draft the Colorado Avalanche Corey hasn't taken Justin Barron where are you going 
Justin Barron's uh, just got injured again. He's a player that's very talented, a good defenseman. Coming into this year, he was known as a defenseman that probably was going to go you know, in the argument of the lottery, but definitely in the first round. And the kid just can't stay healthy, and he got injured again. He's not someone that you can realistically take in the first round right now, in my opinion. Um, sorry, remind me of who's on the board again right now. <laughs> uh, I'm sure a lot of players. Uh, he meant he meant team. No, I, I meant believe team. the Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> oh, thank you. Great hosting Asshole. by me, but sure, a lot of players. <laughs> um, yeah, this is actually at Colorado. I think this would actually be a great spot for. Uh, we mentioned him before, Lucas Reichel. Um, yeah, I said before he's just kind of forward, but he, he, he's a skilled but do-it-all player playing um, in the in the German league. Uh, he's someone who's a little bit closer to NHL ready than you typically get in this range, and I think he'd be a fantastic pick for Colorado at this point. 26 belongs to the St. Louis Blues. They're going defenseman Ryan O'Rourke, but you're going who? O'Rourke, another guy I have down there with Gould and Schneider in terms of uh, not a first-round defenseman. Um, I hope all these guys have the same agent. I'm praying for it. (laughs) Um, We're talking – so we're talking the Blues here. I mean, there's a lot of different ways they can go. Um, I do – see them as a team that might want to go defense given the way their prospect pool looks a lot of their best prospects are forwards I think Lucas Cormier uh, defenseman at the QMJHL um, would be a really really good pick for them here that brings us to William Nylander's arch rival William Wallander and the Anaheim Ducks are picking him according to uh, Corey Bronman I think I butchered that too no, no, that's, I mean, that's correct, William Wallander, but they're rivals because they're both Swedish and named William. I'm explain, it was a shitty joke, Drew. Let's move on. I'm trying to finish this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like, I, so here I could, I could, there's a lot of different things that the Ducks can, can do here. Um, I have a handful of guys on my tier six still available. Um, you know, th- this one's actually, this is, might be the hardest I, I've thought about what they should do here. Um, for the Ducks, you know what? I'm going to go with the upside swing. Uh, earlier in the draft, I can't remember. Uh, I'd be lying if I said if I remembered who we went earlier in the draft for them. Um, but I remember being a, a talented player who also is, has a good – oh, I think we went Lundell. Yeah. So we have like the surest of sure bets earlier for the Ducks that he's going to be a, a very good NHL player. Let's go for the upside swing. Uh, I'm going with Zion Nebeck, uh, a winger who's currently again, also playing for HCB 71, who we spoke about earlier for the SHL. Super talented player, but he's only 5'8", a buck 75. Uh, it should be noted, 175 for 5'8", that's a pretty strong player. Um, he's actually, if you watch him play, he's got a little bit of that Matt Zuccarello in him where he's wildly undersized, but a, a complete pest on top of being super talented. And I think he's the kind of player that Ducks fans would love and would be a great upside swing for them here. Third pick in the first round for the Ottawa Senators here at 28. I believe you had them going Raymond and... And Rossi. And Rossi. Yeah. Bronman has John Jason Paterka here at 28. Yeah. He'd be a good pick for them at this point. Um, You know, I have Paterka ranked 33rd, uh, just slightly on my next tier. But um, I think this is a good spot for, again, for Ottawa to take an upside swing. Um, and they can take, you know, a player who uh, we spoke about earlier who plays in the QMJHL. And we know that, you know, Ottawa and, and Montreal love their their uh, you know QMJHL players. And uh, this is where I think Hendricks Lapierre would be a good fit. Um, I understand we've already gone two forwards for Ottawa. And Ottawa fans probably would like a defenseman here. I, 
you know, there's a couple defensemen you can take here. They can go Wallander. They can go, you know, this player Topi Niemla, who who I think is a very good uh, defenseman that's available here. Um, but at, at this point, I think the upside of Hendrik Lapierre still being there on the board uh, would be too much for them to pass up. Well, that brings us to the Vegas Golden Knights, who the uh, Corey Prama has taken your boy Maverick Bork, um, which I'm sure would be a scary combination. The Knights and Bork themselves. Who do you have at 29 here? Yeah, I'd, I'd be stunned if Maverick Bork lasted 29. Um, but we we're talking undersized center who is very gifted and could make an impact sooner than most people realize. I think Roni Hervonen, uh, center out of Asat of Duriga, uh, Finnish center, would be a great pick uh, for Vegas here. At 30, the Dallas Stars are runners up in this year's Stanley Cup final. Corey Promen has them taking, won't you be Jake Neighbors? <laughs> Yeah, I'm way, way too high for neighbors. Um, I don't think I, – I, I would take him in the third round before I'd argue for taking him in the first round. Um, but if we're talking upside swings also, and, um, you know, the Stars are a team, I think they're pretty set on defense, and a lot of their best defensemen are young. I mean, obviously – I mean, uh, you know, you have Mira Heiskanen, who's fantastic, but John Klingberg's not too old, and re- new contract's still going to be there for a while. So I'm not going to force anything on defense for them, even though I have a couple good defensemen left. Uh, you know, if I am, if I'm them, I think the, 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 there's a couple picks here you could argue between, but I am going to go with another upside swing, and that's Casper Simon Tavio. Uh, this is another name that I struggle with, and no matter how many times I hear people say it, I, I can't get, but Casper Simon Tavio, I think is how you say his name. He plays in Liga. He's a right winger, undersized, you know, 5'9", 5'10", buck seventy-two. Um, but he, he's a player we're coming into this year. He was spoken about as arguably might find his way going in the lottery, had a pretty underwhelming season um, and has dropped a lot. And a lot of people actually did have him not going until well into the second round. But uh, I, I think the talent is still there. And he's a player that, again, we're talking the Dallas Stars, you know, they have a good team, good on defense, could maybe use a little bit of scoring punch or a little bit more playmaking up front. And this would be a great uh, upside swing for them to take here. Final pick of this mock draft, and Drew, you've done a lot of carrying the weight here, and I appreciate it. San Jose Sharks, Corey Promen has not taken your boy, Noel Gundler, who you had going very high in this draft. Um, who's available mm-hmm. for you at 31? Yeah, so I'll I'll go with, uh, let, let's go with an upside winger play here along the lines of Noel Gundler, but I'll go Daniil Gushin. He's a, a Russian right winger that actually plays for Muskegon in the USHL. Um, he's a player that he, he's rated all over the place. I've seen it, seen him as high as like the mid to late twenties and as low as like the early third round, depending on who, who list you're looking at. But everyone, regardless of where they rank him, all agree that this kid is oozing skill and potential. And, um, you know, again, when you're talking the late first round, you're talking 50, 50 bets to, to make the NHL. So I, I think this in particular, a lot of NHL teams get into a lot of trouble in this time of the draft trying to like force things into like, Oh, well, this guy definitely might be a, a, an NHL player. Like, okay, cool. Congrats. You just got a third or fourth liner, which you could have just signed for a million bucks in free agency instead of wasting a first round pick on. This is the point where I really like going the upside swings and you want, maybe they don't make the NHL or maybe they really pop and you look extremely smart a few years down the road. And uh, Daniil Gushin would be a, a great pick for them here. Uh, Drew, before we, before we let you go, even though I'm no, Ryan's dying just to start editing this podcast so he doesn't have to go to bed at two o'clock. <laughs> Sorry, in the morning. Ryan. <laughs> uh, I want to do bad things to myself. Okay, go on. 
I just want to run by some names that Corey Pronman has the Rangers taking in later rounds in this draft to just get immediate yeah. good pick, bad pick reactions from you. You don't have to go too in-depth. At 72, mm-hmm. he has them take a defenseman, Ian Moore. Yeah, bad pick. Um, Ian Moore is – well, you know what? I shouldn't say bad pick. He, he's a player that's got some talent and has some upside, but I have him more as, like, a, the kind of guy you take in the mid-rounds and, like, hey, maybe he becomes a thing. At that point, at 72, there are most likely – if I recall, I read Corey Promen's whole draft article. Like, there, he has them passing on Zion Nebeck to take that. Like, no, 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 no. Get, get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> Uh, at 92, he has them taken goalie Joel Blomquist, I guess, to try and replace Henrik, even though the Rangers have more goalies than they know what to do with. Yeah, I mean, I'm personally not taking a goalie this side, but I'll say this. Good pick in terms of value. Joel Blomquist, in my opinion, is clearly the second best goalie in this class. I actually think he's probably going to go in the second round. So if you're telling me, like, I understand the arguments of no, I don't want to go, go goalie here. But if you're telling me at the end of the third round, the Rangers get a player that most people think is a pretty good bet to go in the second round, you can't really complain. I will say, though, that pick comes immediately after at 90, Antonio Stranges and 91, Zion Nybeck are drafted, to your point. Yeah. Uh, 103, he has the Rangers taken Ryder Rolston. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, he, he's a talented kid. This is the, exactly the kind of play, the spot where you just want to start taking swings on talent. Don't worry about what, what's the likelihood that he becomes a third or fourth liner. Ryder Rolston's a kid who's got some upside, has some uh, pretty high praise from people that, you know, that, that really get in scouting. Um, and, and he's a, a nice upside swing at this point in the class. At 134, defenseman Jacob Flynn from UConn, one of me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'd be lying if I said I had a, a take here. I, I don't even know who he is. Um, Fantastic. He's going to be the best. <laughs> yeah, I, like I said, I, I don't want to be that guy on your podcast that, you're just going to lie and make it sound like it? No, I have no fucking clue who he is. 165, Artem Shalane. Another guy. I did not know who he was. The, the guys that uh, – I remember reading Corey's piece earlier. The guys he takes later are all better and way, in my opinion, way more prominent than the last two that you just mentioned. Uh, back-to-back picks in the seventh round at 196, Pavel Gogolev, and at 197, Reed Velade. Yeah, so Vladi is actually a player where um, I believe he was the one that was talking with Josh Kalfin a lot, you know, friend of the podcast. He does a lot of the. He's got he's got he's got his own um, what do you call it, a dashboard? Uh, what's the Tableau dashboard? And does a lot of the the prospect analysis and stuff like that through through some of the metrics. And he's someone that actually grades out a lot higher than a lot of people would would, would make you think. And and both of those, again, we're talking seventh round picks here. It's it is it is what it is, but. Um, both of those I, I like better and are guys I've actually heard of as opposed to the earlier picks. Like I said, I, I'd be lying to you if I, if I told you I knew who they were. Uh, final pick, 206, Elliot Eckmark. Yeah, no, you you could – I have no idea. Um, if you if you want me to throw out some other names, though, that, you know, when we do those uh, those draft simulator things, um, was it fantasy uh, – I forget what it's, Draft Pro, I think it is, the draft simulator – a couple of kids that I constantly end up with. Um, there's a there's a center out of Finland named Christian Tanis, who should have gone last year in the draft. I was stunned that he wasn't picked. Um, and I always wind up with him and with one of our seventh round picks. He's an undersized center that is mean as shit. You're talking about players you want to add a little bit of grit, a little bit of snarl to your team. That also is a player that could project to be an NHL player. He's someone that routinely is projected to go around six or round seven. 
uh, mainly because he's small, but he is talented and he is super gritty, and he would be a great pick at this point. Um, another late round pick, this player is another overager, one year overager, Xavier Simonow. He's someone that I thought would go possibly go around two or three last year, who now is again finding himself in this draft class, again, undersized center, um, but I think would be a great, great pick at this point. Um, and uh, another player that I, I again, a lot, one year overage, um, Billy Consumatiu is someone who was a very gifted offensive defenseman that I thought was going to go in the mid-rounds last year, and now is frequently mocked to go at the very end of this draft. It would be a great seventh-round flyer. And then if we're talking like those mid-picks, a couple of players that I think are, are really good is there's a player, Blake, Bo- Blake Bondi, who's in the you know United States high school system, who's very talented. Then there's a, a Swedish uh, center, Daniel Lund, uh, I think he's pronounced it Lungman. It's L-J-U-N-G-M-A-N. Both great like mid-round picks that I think would be uh, gr- uh, you know very good for the Rangers to go with. And then I'd be remiss if not, to not end with the last, name that I want to throw out there that I think would be great for one of those third round selections. Um, if you speak to Sam Stern or Josh Calfin for even a minute about the draft, they will bring this player up and it is Brandon Coe. He is, you know, six two, six foot three winger playing the WHL and is super skilled, but also big and plays a two way game. And he's the kind of player that Ranger fans would absolutely love to get in like the third round. Well, Drew, those were a lot of names and I appreciate you saying all of them. <laughs> You're the best, buddy. Greg and <laughs> is Greg still there? I don't even know. He might well, I'm there. still here. Yeah, no, I'm still here. What? 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 What, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Saying, I was just saying, Greg, your thoughts? <laughs> oh, on all those players, those are definitely players. I will tell you that. <laughs> Great job by us. No, guys, this was fun. Thank you so much for having me on um, and for allowing me my, you know, my little soapbox here to stand on and wax poetic about all these guys. Um, and uh, look forward to, you know seeing how tomorrow and Wednesday play out and talking about uh, how pissed I am about some of the picks they made. Yeah. Let's see how <laughs> it goes out. Drew, why don't you plug what you, uh, what you do on Twitter and then we'll, uh, we'll get out of here. Let you get out of here. Yeah. Everyone. So you'll be listening this Tuesday morning. Definitely go check out my uh, recent draft rankings that I just published on Monday. Uh, I first tweeted out a picture of it, but now they are live on blue shirts, breakaway.com. Hey, the only person who writes there. Those- sure. oh. Yeah, I, I expect you to all have them open while the Rangers are drafting on Tuesday, Wednesday, and, and getting mad every time someone that I have ranked higher is passed on by the Rangers. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Drews underscore way, D-R-E-W-S underscore way. Um, I'm always happy to, to interact and answer people's questions. And if you're a dick, I'm also happy to tell you to shut the fuck up. Nice. That's a, the Blue Shirts breakaway ending we wanted. All right. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. And we'll get back and answer some five-star questions. Drew, can't thank you enough. Bye-bye, everyone, until about a minute from now when I come back. Bye. Hey, we're back. Great interview with Drew. Awesome doing a mock draft. It was great. All right, now we're going to do five-star questions. We're going to go right through them. I know you're you're sitting there wanting more Ranger content, so here Greg and I are for you. If you want to leave a five-star question, you can go to iTunes, leave a five-star question there, and or leave a five-star review with the question. We read it on the show. That's how it works. Okay, here we go. Uh, this is from... Uh, I cannot read this word. This is from Jake for CT. I could actually read the Jake part. His username, I could not. Uh, this question may, may be a moot point by next podcast, but were there any chance the Rangers could convince Hank to waive his no trade? <laughs> Never mind. This question is no longer good. Um, and no, they couldn't convince him to waive his no trade clause, obviously. Uh, this is from Ranger Fans Rock. Uh, my favorite podcast host. Can you see the Rangers making a trade that includes Brandon Smith and a pick to what they just did with Mark Stahl? If so... What would that deal be like? Or what would be in play for that deal? 
I'm assuming a team that needs to ca- hit the cap floor is rebuilding like the Senators, but I would love to hear your thoughts. Can't tell you how much I love the podcast. Really appreciate you. Thank you so much. That's the last part was me to me to that. Um, you know what's crazy? I'm kind of moving towards the idea that Brandon Smith is going to be a New York Ranger for one more year. I mostly because also there. Yeah, they've they've moved the salary they've needed to move right. So they've created eight and a half million dollars in additional cap space with the Mark Stahl trade and the Henrik Lundqvist buyout. They've attached a second round pick to Mark Stahl. I don't think they have the appetite to attach a significant pick to Brendan Smith to move him. I think they still see some value in Smith, especially considering the fact that they were playing him as a forward, as forward for part of the year. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wild. If the, if they decide to move on from Brandon Smith, it's going to be after the Rangers make a Ryan Strom decision after the Rangers make a Tony D'Angelo decision and after the Rangers decide what they want to do in terms of bringing in another left-handed defenseman. Uh, so I think, I think it's more likely the, the Rangers use the second buyout window on Brandon Smith than it is they trade him in the next three weeks. But the more I think on it, I, I think shocking to all of us, the one guy who might survive that we wouldn't have thought when this offseason began might end up being Brandon Smith. He might be a Ranger next year. You know how I kind of put the logic behind this? You need people to actually play left-handed defense. And Brendan Smith does. They right now have one. Yes. So I, uh, that's a lot to fill. Uh, if Brendan Smith is not around, I think he will kind of stay. It's as crazy as it sounds. I do think Brendan Smith has value on this team this year, but there's a tremendous value. No, but can he play a role? Yeah, I think so. They'll, they'll find, yeah, and I, they'll find a role for him. Don't worry. Not, not just that. I think the Rangers know that if they decide to eat 50% of his salary at the trade deadline, you can get a fourth rounder or fifth rounder for him. Yep. He's not unmovable later in the year. So if if the Rangers shop him and they decide the best they can do is somewhere in that fourth or fifth round draft choice range, they might just wait until the trade deadline. There's no rush there. It's fine. This is from Kevin from Omaha. 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 I always think of Eli Manning. Uh, so totally didn't see that stall move coming. With the newly found cap space, would love to get a veteran D-man as one of your a one-year rental and allow a young defensive talent or one more year of development in Hartford or overseas, or do you think the kids have a shot to break camp with the team? Uh, this is uh, For me, this is two parts, Greg. I do think Miller can break camp with the team, despite how, or rather, what he showed in, in uh, COVID camp, as we'll call it, was rather impressive, and that's everyone everyone that was reporting on the Rangers said he was one of the best defensemen on the ice, but let's see how that plays out again next time. And for, as for one-year rentals, I'm not sure there's there's too many out there. I floated the Keith Yandel idea, but the, I think the third year on that contract is just too much, even if uh, the Coyotes eat half the salary, which is what I would like them to do if we did try and get Keith Yandel back. Isn't Yandel still on the Panthers? Yeah. Oh, did I say Coyotes? I'm sorry. You did. Yeah, same team. Uh, Panthers in Florida, six point five million, I believe. Three years yeah. left. Um, tricky with left-handed defense. I almost personally don't want. I, I think the Rangers have two. They have three options, but I think two of them are actually useful. Me personally, we just talked about Brendan Smith. I'm willing to let Brendan Smith be the one-year rental that the Rangers have, where they have to play him in the lineup. Uh, I, the Rangers, as as high as I am on guys like Keandre Miller or further down the pipe and Matt Robertson, uh, Zach Jones, those type of guys. 
I think the Rangers need to take a hard look and protect themselves against those guys not reaching their ceilings, which is well within the realm of possibility. Not every prospect that comes up is going to be Adam Fox, right? Nope. I think the Rangers, if they truly want to, they need a top pairing left-handed defenseman. And I think that guy currently plays outside this organization. Who it is, I'm still struggling. Is it Hampus Lindholm, who we've been big fans of for a very long time? Three years now. I'm I'm not sure, but I don't think I don't think it's fair or practical to assume that Keandre Miller is just going to develop into the Rangers' number one left-handed defenseman. That's a whole lot of pressure, and quite honestly, it's poor team building to plan that way. So I. Do I want a stopgap? Not really. I don't really have an appetite for a stopgap. I'd, I'd rather, if the Rangers can't address number one left-handed defenseman uh, in trade this year, I'd rather just let the kids play. And I know it's not going to be great. I'll go so far to say it might be extremely difficult to watch at times. But I'd much rather give minutes to Lieber Hayek for another year and decide that he's just not ever going to be cut out for it than to play a guy like Ron Hainsey. So I... I I'd much rather – I want the Rangers – my number one priority is for the Rangers to go out there and trade for a left-handed defenseman. We, I think we've been pushing that more than we've been pushing the need for the Rangers to address their center depth. Absolutely. But if it come, if they can't trade for a left-handed defenseman right now, I'd much rather just let the kids play. The, I'd let the kids play. It's, it's not going to be pretty, but it might, it's not going to be any prettier with the kids than it is some random vet defenseman the Rangers bring in on a one-year deal. Agreed. So just play the youngins. Let's keep pounding through these. We have so many to go. We only have about 15 minutes before uh, we have to re-record the interview we just did. Uh, this is from Extremely Moderate. Hey, Greg and Ryan, long-time listener, first-time Raider. I've been thinking about the the hole at second-line center. I can't help but think but that Philip Deneau in Montreal makes a lot of sense. With that in mind, do you think the Raiders should try and trade for him this offseason, and what should they be willing to part with? Or do you think it makes more sense to ride out the year with Strom, Heedle, etc.? Uh, I think if they could... Uh, get a valuable deal for Deneau. We, we've been fans of that, right? Like we've said on this show, we think that's a valuable target, but we don't know if, if Montreal's even chopping that player. I also don't know. I, I, I'm wavering on if the Rangers trade for a center, I think it needs to be a center with term. And I think part of the problem with Deneau is the term isn't there. Um, it's not that Deneau is great. Deneau individually as a player is exactly what the Rangers should be looking for the problem with the no is you're basically you're upgrading from ryan Strom, but still creating your long-term problem at center are you going to pay philip to five and a half million dollars after this year when he's going to be 28 years old are you, are you going to give him a five six year deal which he'll probably want uh it's it's a tough one with the because again he's gonna he would make the rangers instantly better I just I, I think you're asking similar long-term questions with Deneau than you that you are with Strom. And while again Deneau's the better player, I just I have a hard time seeing how the Rangers would feel better off long-term trading for a guy who only has one year of control left. Agree. This is from Dan Delaney, eighty-eight. Hey guys, Dan from Long Island. Two-part question: Will you guys be hosting a virtual draft party this year, Greg? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I mean as, as it's tomorrow and we have no plans i got invited to the season ticket holder one i'm still on the fence because i think it's a little awkward for me to go but i maybe i'll twitch stream and you come on i don't know we'll figure it out uh i i it's not like i have plans tomorrow night but i also but... don't yeah I, i'm with you 
We'll talk about it later. Stay tuned, Dan. Follow us on Twitter, Orion Mead and Blue Street Parade. Uh, yeah. And two, I really like uh, Petrangelo and Davidson drafted him back at St. Louis. Is it possible the Rangers could go after him? Thanks, guys. No. Mostly because uh, that's a lot of money. And the Rangers are going to have a pretty hard cap crunch in the next couple of years. And I don't think they want to sign that player to a long term. No, they're not going to have a problem with cap crunch. The Rangers have so much. The Rangers have more cap space than they're going well, to know. There's what to a do lot of players you year. have to sign, rather. And maybe those players might stop developing. Well, you have to sign Kako. You got to sign Fox. You got to sign Mika. And I guess do that's... you have to sign Mika? That's a conversation we're going to have to have at a at a later date. I'm not having it tonight. Yeah, but good question. Do you have to sign Mika? Question mark. Question mark. Uh, I not people are going to hate that response. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Yep. 28-year-old center who's had a lot of health issues over the years. Like, is that a guy you have to sign long-term? It's an answer the Rangers are going to have to come up with sooner or later. But the real the real reason why the Rangers are going to sign Petrangelo is because we're yet to see a reason why the Rangers feel the need to play a right-handed defenseman on the left side of defense. Yep. So if they're not, if they're not going to do that, the Rangers are now going to have five right-handed defensemen that they're not going to have Too any more in their lineup. Next so should, should the Rangers? Maybe. I, I think a good argument could be, Kate, could be made. For bringing in someone like Petrangelo, but no, the New York Rangers aren't going to bring in Petrangelo. Next question from Slash9769. Nice. Enjoying the fellas' take on the season uh, since the team got booted from play-in. Two questions. Does this is this is pretty good. Does D'Angelo take a discount now for the New York Rangers, knowing that he doesn't have to pay taxes anymore? Uh, no, <laughs> he does not. No. It sounds like those negotiations are going terribly, by the way. Yeah, it does sound that way. Uh, but a more serious question, too. Trade Georgie Evan, give Hank a farewell tour. Okay, this was written beforehand. Sorry. All right. Uh, obviously, Hank is no longer a Ranger. Surprise everyone. This is from Bob, Bob John Paul 13. I've been a Ranger fan all my life, but because I like every sport, I tend to only really watch it when they're competitive. So I, don't, I didn't really watch it in 2017, 2018. I feel like I don't deserve the sudden dynasty that's being created. I've never switched my teams. I'm a diehard Knicks, Mets, and Jets fan. Uh, am I a bandwagon fan? One, no, you are not. But two, I don't care if anyone's a bandwagon fan of the Rangers. Come on down. Please, I will drive this bus. And get on. Because I, as, as, as the more people that watch hockey, the better. That's the way I am. I've never understood... I, I've never understood the fans that get angry at how other fans enjoy their teams or choose when to enjoy their teams. My My fandom for my favorite teams is my fandom. I don't let anyone tell me how to do it. I don't let anyone dictate how I do it. And I also don't tell anyone how they should do it. It's, it's, it's a personal experience for myself. It's not my business what anyone else does. I personally, honestly, don't give a shit what anyone else does. My really? business. Really, Greg? You? So, <laughs> yeah, I, it, I, know. I don't know. I, yeah, I know. It's just... I've never understood the the people who get angry at how other people choose to spend their time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's no law. There's no requirement that anyone has to do anything when it comes to sports. I will say I used so, to care a lot more, and now that I'm uh, the old, the ripe old age of 31, I don't care anymore. And I I just hope everyone has a good time and they are out there and enjoy. That's all. Yeah, like I might disagree with people in terms of what their takes are on the team, oh, but absolutely. how you choose to root for your team, that's your business, man. Yeah. If you want if you want the Rangers to extend Phil DiGiuseppe for the next 10 years, I'll call you an idiot, but you can be that fan. That's your role. That's your job. There's someone you do whatever I, you want to do. There's man. someone I'm very close to, and I will not reveal who this is. 
they are, were a very, very, like, not diehard, but pretty up there Jets fan their whole life. But they were in Boston during the Patriots dynasty, and they went to multiple parades and rooted for the Patriots. So I don't care what you do, all right? It's okay. Also, you 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 decided to take a seat on watching the Rangers not suck when you actively root for the Mets, Jets, and Knicks. Can't really blame you for that one. There's only so much <laughs> suffering your life can do. Like if, if you're like, I can't leave yeah. these three other teams, but I also can't root for one more crappy team in my life. I'm not going to be the guy to sit here and tell you the that. The best team of that the whole trio is the Mets. And it's not even close. Um, 2017, 2018. I don't know, buddy. 2017 was dark. Knicks Jets. Knicks Jets. Oh my, they're terrible. Like, <laughs> what's this? One could... of those. One of those Knicks teams had Porzingis still, and then he blew his knee out. Yeah, not for long, man. The Jets. No, <laughs> no, they didn't. No. <laughs> no, yeah. Look, if you if you just decided that Ranger year you needed to take it off because you're of everything else, you're, you're good, man. You you get you're everyone in New York gives you a pass there. All right, we got a couple more questions. We got to keep going here. DC one forty six says, first off, it's bizarre why uh, to have been watching Hank and Stall play since grade school and then have both then both leave within a few days as college senior. My question is, is if the players the Rangers have higher and then the rest of the armchairs GMs fall to the five ten range. Do we see J.D. and Gordon uh, doing a trade to grab them, a.k.a. moving up in the draft? We sort of saw this in 2017 when they moved up to seven to try and get Pedersen to no avail. So we have precedent for them doing this in the past. P.S. Greg, I hope you had a safe and easy fast if you so did so for Yom Kippur. Let's go. Oh, God, no. I've, uh, look, sorry to my members of the tribe out there. Um, I am retired from the fasting game. There. It's all- no day and no day growing up was worse than Yom Kippur. It's the only day I've ever experienced in my life where I would much rather have been in school than had the day off to attend services. Just a nightmare. I respect everyone who does it still. I just that's 10 hours of my day standing and not eating that I, I just want back. So I take it back. Uh, I still throw bread in the ocean and cry about my sins. Don't worry about it. Uh, as opposed to trading up, which is where the real question is. If Lundell falls to 15, I think they try. I'll put it that way. Yeah, you just have to find a dance partner. That's all it takes. You could always – any team could trade up. You just have to find a team that's willing to trade down. I think the Rangers – the the real problem here is I think the Rangers are more motivated to use 22 to address an immediate need as opposed to trying to get higher up in the first round. But if the opportunity presents itself and there's a guy the Rangers love and they want to go get that guy, I don't doubt that Jeff Gorton and John Davidson won't go knocking. You just got to find a dance partner. Uh, this is next question from Mike in New Haven, frequent commenter. Uh, with the sad and inevitable news that Hank is going to be bought out, how is it soon before the Rangers raise number 30 to the Raptors? Let's say Hank doesn't opt out or play anywhere. Okay, let's just stick with the original question there. Um, as soon as he retires, right? The, the, the day he's not in the National Hockey League? The day he's not in the National Hockey League and where we can actually go to a hockey game. Yes, they will not do this without having people in the stands. Guaranteed. No, no way. So, yeah, I... I think it would take less than a full calendar year for the Rangers to retire 30. This question from Nick Sweet 13. I don't know what to do. Are we buying Lundqvist jerseys or whatever for the next team he plays for? Any possible year he ta- any possibility he takes a year off? Uh, no. And we trade Georgia up deadline. We sign Henrik next year. Probably not. Seems like the teams um, kind of went away uh, separate ways on their on their own terms. Uh, I will not be buying a Capitals Henrik Lundqvist jersey unless it is to uh, as a a bet I lost or something to make me absolutely very sad. Keep up the great podcasting guys. Thanks, Nick. 
Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not buying. I'm not buying a Hank jersey for another uh, team. I'm good. This is from Kyle O.C. Hey guys, with Vince and his new podcast coming out, how intimidated are you that intimidated are you that he'll beat out you out for the top spot in Brazil? It's something that keeps me up every single night since it's been announced. Honestly. Brazil? No, we. I own Brazil. That's true. I got family in Brazil. <laughs> I'm not worried. I'm not worried about that. Little little Gorginho turns me on every night before he goes to bed. Hey, all I'm saying is the iTunes charts favor new podcasts. Okay, we were number five last week. Still of five. Five years in a row, number five last week, all right? Jesus. Uh, all right, this is from Bweb43. Very sad about the Henrik departure, but looking to the future. Gordon has so many options. My question, who would you rather have over the next decade? Lafreniere, Eichel, or Byfield? Love you guys. Hanks. Put Hank in the middle. Uh, I, this is going to hurt your feelings. Byfield is third on that list for me. I think he's for um, me, too. It doesn't hurt my feelings. I just have FOMO. I like Byfield a lot. I think I still have Lafreniere one. Oh no! I think I have Eichel one because mm. you already Eichel's already done it, right? Yeah. Eichel's already done it, and he's twenty three. I'm pretty confident Eichel's going to continue to do it. Maybe not the full ten, but I'm pretty certain Eichel's going to do it for at least the next seven. I'll stick with. He's Lock a proven number one center in the NHL. He's one of the five best centers this league has to offer. He's a legitimate bona fide star. While I think Lafreniere is going to be a star in his own right. There's at least a chance that he won't be. In order for Eichel not to be Eichel anymore, he's going to have to get seriously hurt. And I just, I don't bet on, I don't, I wouldn't want to bet against it. And if you're going to be worried about trading for someone like Jack Eichel, who for the most part has been healthy his entire career, then you're not going to bet on anyone ever. I I, I think it's Eichel. I, I don't think it's all that close either. I'll go Lafreniere still mostly because I feel like, I, you're right, it's the sure thing, Eichel. But I think Lafreniere can kind of ascend past Eichel's play now. But Eichel is an amazing player. Yes, and I would love him to be a Ranger. And he will be in two years. Uh, final four questions here. All right. Uh, this is from uh, Rangers AK91. I believe this is from our friend Steve Serino. Uh, the day the Rangers brought out Hank, I got sent home with COVID-like symptoms, and I'm currently waiting for test results. Great day all around. Yeah, I've been there, buddy. It, it, please feel better. Um, my question is about, I'm going to butcher this name, Mikhail Grankind possibly being someone to look around for for two three two slash c three c role. He's twenty eight and had a down year at at uh, five point seven million dollars. You mean Michael Granlin? Yes, maybe is that it, was. Is it. there a typo? Yeah, that might have been it. I think it's a typo. And uh, from Nashville, and they won't resign him. Thoughts? Also, Ryan, it's okay to to get drink through your COVID quarantine. Thanks. Uh, is it okay to drink? Do not drink. I did. Don't do it. Okay. Um, I I think that's a bit pricey and. I don't actually know Grand uh, Grandlin's actual contract for is it one is it only a one year deal, Greg? You trying to look it up now? Uh, he's a free agent. I know that. Oh, okay. Um, um, not a player I know a lot about. Obviously, it's he's he's a defensively responsible center who has a track record of being good offensively. He wasn't great offensively last year, but it was after two otherwise stellar seasons. Uh, by his standards for offense he's an interesting piece but again it, it's a 28 year old center the defensive responsibility is the thing that attracts me most about him um i just i think he's going to get paid more than he should like i don't think he's necessarily a surefire answer for your second line center position and i think he's going to be paid like he better be a surefire answer for your second line center position, but look, he two times 60 point score in Minnesota 
always played good defense everywhere he's went. I'm not going to be angry if the Rangers sign him. I think, let me put it this way. I'd rather trade for Deneau and extend him than sign Michael Granlin straight up. Uh, this is a quick five-star question about baseball. This is from Rangers Forever. Greg, can you please speak the Marlins slash Rays World Series matchup into existence? Please, Greg. No, because I want to actually enjoy the World Series. Please, please. <laughs> I'm begging you. Not um, doing it. All right. I, I, don't, I don't need to see Jose Aguilar, Brian Anderson, and James, uh, Matt Joyce for seven games in a World Series. I'm good, fam. Brendan Lau um on the race all right the race the race can whatever the race want to do is fine yes. i don't want to watch the marlins that's what it comes down to that's a good point all right uh two more questions that were going to drew or rather we're ended the podcast what i meant oops a little bit peek behind the curtain there uh two more questions i've seen the past uh a couple of pages the past couple of days ranking ranger all-time greats and there are a few say hank isn't even top five or top ten i was stop this right here stop reading <laughs> um, yeah you're you're reading idiots like what are you reading nyc the mick yeah i man uh Hedrick Lundquist is either number one or number two and i i we said this earlier we i well, however you want to enjoy your fandom go ahead but i will argue with your takes it's number one or number two if that's it end of story uh i'm not even gonna read the rest of this question it says p.s fellow met fans stoked for new ownership there we go congratulations Greg. Uh, and finally, I know. It's, it's a good feeling every day. Got to tell you. Finally, DC from Long Island. Headlines everywhere say the Arizona Coyotes are a complete dumpster fire. And with that said, do you feel like the Rangers can pry away Jacob Chikrin? If so, would the Rangers need to give up? And what would it be worth? Personally, I want the Rangers just so I can hear Ryan Mead every week try and pronounce his last name. Let's say it together. Chikrin. I said it right, I think. I would absolutely love him if the Rangers could trade him. The, the, the Coyotes seem hell-bent on trading Ekman Larson first. Yes. So it's it's hard to I, I they're so committed on that front, and then the report today is that they're also trying to trade Taylor Hall's uh, rights, unrestricted free agency rights. So th- those are the two bridges you have to cross first, and depending on what the returns are on those trades, then you start getting a little bit down the line. I think you'll hear more Clayton Keller rumors than you will Chikrin or Dvorak rumors, who are two guys I would absolutely love the Rangers to trade for. Uh, it would first of all, it would cost a lot. At at least a second round pick, at least someone like Niels Lundqvist, at least maybe even Vitaly Kravtsov. Uh, it would be a haul that you would have to get from the Coyotes. Um, it's a great idea to to shop for them. I just even if the Coyotes are stripping it down to the bone, Chikrin is young enough where that's a guy is already signed and still super young, so he's a guy you shouldn't trade. But we are talking about the National Hockey League. So I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up getting traded. And if he ends up getting traded and the New York Rangers aren't involved, I think you have a right to be angry. Thanks for listening to today's show. We'll be back later in the week with the BSBOT. We'll be recapping the draft and maybe some other fun stuff. So stay tuned. You can follow me on Twitter at O'Ryan. You can follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. And we'll be back. And we love you guys. And uh, uh, happy Lafreniere Day. All right. Bye, everyone.